Hey everyone, a quick message before we get into today's episode. We wanted to share that episode 100 of the Games Are Fun podcast is happening live on twitch.tv slash gamesarefunpodcast. It's happening on Saturday, August 22nd at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're going to start that stream off with reactions and impressions of the Suicide Squad game reveal and then we're going to move into the top 15 games of the generation. Adam, Garrett, myself, we're going to come up with a definitive games are fun list of what we think are the top 15 games of this console generation. If you can't catch live, don't worry. You can catch episode 100 on YouTube and podcast services at a later date, but we would appreciate it if you could swing by the stream because we are going to be chatting with people here and there. So that's happening again August 22nd at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time over on twitch.tv slash podcast. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that covers video game news, trending industry topics, and reviews on recent game releases. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host, making his official return back to the show. Please welcome back Garrett Neely. Garrett, glad to have you back. How the hell are you? I am doing good, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm glad that... uh, you're coming back. Uh, we had you on the Last of Us review, but now mm-hmm. you're you're ready to to come back with, uh, I guess, more of a presence on the show. Yes, absolutely. So for those of you that don't know, I had a a new uh, baby join our family. So took a little time off over the summer just because I had a lot to do, getting the house ready and you know putting your ducks in a row, and you wanted to give him some time to adjust and become a little bit better sleeper before I try to record a podcast <laughs> with a screaming baby. So um, got my podcast set up, moved to the bedroom furthest away, and we're we're ready to rock and roll and talk some video games. So That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm sure like your life is still busy. So if there's ever, ep- you, you know, you might not be able to make every episode here and sure. there, but I'm glad that uh, you're back on the show. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Yep. I'm happy to be here. Today's show, we're going to be sharing our opinions on the newly announced Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer mode that came way out of left field. And then we're also going to share uh, every announcement, well, not every announcement, we're going to go over the Indie World Showcase, talk about some highlights from that, give our impressions, games that caught our eye and everything like that. So that's what today's show looks like. But before we get to talking about that, a reminder that the podcast airs every week, each week. Adam, Garrett, and myself discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on new game releases. The show is available on all major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to help support this podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you use. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving the show a review. Housekeeping. So two notes. First, last week we revealed to you guys that Games Are Fun now has its very own merch. So please head over to GamesAreFunPodcast.com to see our collection of apparel and accessories. We have, I think, three t-shirt designs, uh, a couple sticker designs, and then a mug, a coffee mug for you to check out. Mm -hmm. And we actually are currently working on new designs, and those are likely going to drop next month. So you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. When we get closer to knowing when those are going to drop in the store, we'll let you know. But 
uh, as a little tease, I, I got to say, like, I, I've seen the designs and they look incredible. I'm having my friend, Andrew Bardecki, who actually was on the show a while back. He is really great at graphic design, digital design, and he's come up with some uh, original designs to to put on the t-shirts. And yeah, I'm really excited for everyone to see. It's, it's, it's a piece of uh, original art, right? It's not just a logo on a t-shirt. It's, it's going to be really cool. So stay tuned for that again when we get closer to when that stuff is going to be popping up on that store we'll let you know for everyone who has already checked out the store and actually picked up their own merch we really appreciate and wanted to thank you for doing that all your purchases that you make on that store help support this podcast and future content creation so thank you to everyone who checked it out we had a very successful first week with that can't thank you enough Uh, The last note is I'm going to be live on my own Twitch channel tonight. Uh, The podcast airs, if you're listening to this, on the 19th. Tune in, 8 p.m. MDT, that's Mountain Daylight Time. And I'm going to be doing my very first playthrough of Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan. I really liked the game Until Dawn and Super Super Massive Games, I believe, is the developer. Uh, they came out with this game last year, and I always wanted to play it. Saw it was on Game Pass. Been wanting to break into streaming a little bit more, so I thought, you know what? Let's let's get over there on Twitch and stream that game. So, you know, if you can't catch it live, I am going to try and upload it to our Games Are Fun YouTube channel. But, uh, you know, it'd mean a lot if you could drop by the stream and say hello. So that's happening August 19th, 8 p.m. MDT, over on twitch.tv slash LukeTheLlama. All right, before we get into the topic of the show, Garrett, I got a crazy story that I got to tell you here. Yeah, I'm ready to hear it because you've been teasing me all <laughs> yeah. day with some crazy story. So let's let's hear it. So a couple days ago, I went out to my parents' acreage. So my parents have a acreage out in the country. It's about five and a half acres big. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a, a rec po- property um, used for... It's kind of like uh, we have a, like a cookhouse out there we have a couple like trailers that um are my parents and stuff like that it's it's basically your own big giant campground um Mm -hmm. and it's my parents kind of future retirement plan they hope to kind of once they retire move out there and and live out there during the summer and stuff Mm. so me and megan wanted to get get a little night away from the city go out there and just kind of enjoy things and so we went out there and probably around 10 30 11 p.m it it got really dark and we are on uh, a dead end road out in the country so there's not a lot of traffic driving mm-hmm. by on the gravel roads it's it's very isolated and when it gets dark out it is dark like mm-hmm. the the only thing lighting the the surroundings is the stars and the moon right so right it's pretty dark. We're sitting, we, we made a campfire and we're sitting around the fire and all of a sudden we hear like coyotes, which is very normal to hear. We hear these coyotes kind of howling and they sound really close, but you, it's kind of hard to tell how close they are. Right. Cause mm-hmm. sound travels. We were, we're like, okay, we're a little, a little on edge. Cause it sounded like they were like right behind us, right? Like on the property. And then we we heard some like cows mooing and we're like oh the cows are probably like scared from the the coyotes maybe they went and spooked them or whatever mm-hmm. because the the property from three sides uh is kind of surrounded by 
farmer's field where they lease out and have cattle on it and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So we do see cows from time to time. But all of a sudden, there was this moo coming from behind these trees out in the open field on the, on the property. And we're like, oh my gosh, is a, is a cattle in there? Like kind of freaking out because we can't, it's pitch black. You can't even mm -hmm. see like 20 feet in front of you. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, well, let's grab a flashlight. So we're kind of looking around the property. We can't see much. So we're like, okay, let's just sell down. Let's go back to the fire and we'll take it easy. And mm -hmm. so we did that for like five minutes and I, uh, all of a sudden I heard this kind of noise and I turned the flashlight and there was this huge cow, <laughs> like right, uh, probably 30 feet around this, like bushes and trees kind of like looking at us and mm -hmm. it scared the shit out of me because <laughs> it's like pitch black. Right. And it's, right. it's really quiet out there and it's just like, bam, it's right there. And so we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm not a country boy. I'm a city, city kid. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not have the slightest clue of what to do here. So I called my mom and dad. I'm like, Hey, there's like a cattle got into the property. I think they like must've, you know, got spooked by the coyotes and mm -hmm. trampled through the, the barbed wire fence got onto the property. And so my parents are like, okay, well, if you can like maybe open the front gate to the driveway and try to like shoo it out and we can, uh, call somebody to try and get this cow back into their the their field mm -hmm. um, or try and shoo it to wherever you can see where the fence opening is and I'm like okay it's it's pretty dark and um, my parents had been out there for a while so this big field that they normally cut the grass is the grass is really long mm -hmm. and so we're trying to find this cow and for the longest time we couldn't find it because it had moved over somewhere that we um, we finally found it and I'm like yelling at it because no, normally you just yell at a cow and it's going to get spooked and run off. Right, right? right. But it's not doing anything. And it like <laughs> turns and it's kind of like looking at us, but it, it can't be bothered. And I'm shining a light towards it so we can kind of see it, but I don't think it could see us. So it's, it's mm -hmm. hearing the yelling and it, it kind of moved away, but it really didn't seem that bothered. <laughs> so we're like, you know what, let's just go hang out in the trailer. And cause this thing is just kept coming. Like it got really close to us. So we're like, well, you know, it's probably fine. It's just a cow, whatever, but it's late anyways, let's go to bed. So right. we go to bed that night, wake up in the morning and I see this big black cow hanging out, out by the trailer and so I get out the door and I'm like yelling at it to kind of move along and it kind of moves <laughs> along slowly. And because it's daylight and we can see everything, it's like, okay, well, let's try to get this cow out now. And right. we couldn't find out where it came, came in from, but Megan went off to one side of the property and then I went to, to go find it and try and push it towards the back of the property because that's kind of where we thought the hole would be. Right. And I started looking at this cow. And I'm like, this doesn't look like, like, this is a big cow. Like, this is huge for a cow. And I also don't see any udders. And oh, no. I'm looking at, I'm like, I think this is a bull. And oh, no. I'm like starting to panic a little bit. Um, but before that, before I did that, sorry, I forgot to mention the craziest part of my story, is I went, then the first time I kind of tried to hurt it, I went yelling at it and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden this cow starts kind of squaring its body in a weird way. Oh. And I'm probably 30 feet away from it. 
and all of a sudden it starts charging me and so i take off running and i'm running and i run like probably 20 feet and i look (laughs) behind me and it's still running at me so Mm. i'm like running for dear life (laughs) this freaking bull is charging me and then uh eventually i was able to get into a building or whatever and it it kind of wandered off the other way and then yeah, it just, it was not afraid of us and it kept up coming in close and we were trying to figure out like, how are we going to get this out? Like I've never, never tried to hurt a bull before. Right. right. So we ended up just like my parents contacted the the owner of these cows and bulls and it all got straightened out, but it was just like, <laughs> it was freaky, man. Like, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Especially at night, like knowing the next day that. I had this bull that I was right. trying to to herd away <laughs> in the pitch black middle of the night. I'm I'm lucky that it I didn't get too close to it at nighttime because yeah. that would not have been good. <laughs> yeah, that could have gone very badly very quickly. Yeah, it, it was funny. It was a pretty young bull. Like it didn't it doesn't have any horns or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's still huge, way like three times oh, yeah. the size as me. Right. So for sure. Yeah, uh, you could trample you real quick. I'm oh sure. yeah, yeah. So That's anyways, crazy. I had to share that because it was just <laughs> like a crazy story. So it wasn't a very relaxing weekend that I had out uh, at this at the property there, but it was uh, eventful and it, it made a, a funny memory, I guess. But man, I was I was scared <laughs> when it was it started charging me. I like I screamed for Meg. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so okay, let's get on to the topics of the show, starting with Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. So this is something that came to us yesterday on the PlayStation blog. Uh, This is from Darren Bridges, who is the senior game designer at Sucker Punch Productions. So Ghosts of Tsushima Legends has been announced. It's the first details on the new co-op multiplayer mode inspired by Japanese mythology. So he writes, Today I'm very excited to reveal Ghost of Tsushima Legends, a new online cooperative multiplayer mode that will come as a free download for Ghost of Tsushima owners on PlayStation 4 later this year. Legends is an entirely new experience. It's a separate mode that doesn't follow Jin or the companions from his journey, but instead focuses on four warriors who have been built up as legends in stories told by the people of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima single player campaign focuses on an open world and exploring the natural beauty of the island, but Legends is haunting and fantastical with locations and enemies inspired by Japanese folktales and mythology and an emphasis on cooperative combat and action. We design Legends to be an exclusively cooperative gameplay experience. You'll be able to partner up with friends or via online matchmaking and play Legends in groups of two to four players. Each player can choose from one of four different character classes, the Samurai, Hunter, Ronin, or Assassin. Each class has unique advantages and abilities that we'll reveal in the future. With two players in Ghost of Tsushima Legends, you'll be able to play a series of co-op story missions that escalate in difficulty, building on the foundation of combat from the single-player campaign, but with new magical twists that often require careful synchronization with your partners. With four players, you'll be able to take on wave-based survival missions, fighting groups of the toughest enemies Tsushima has to offer, including the new Oni enemies with supernatural abilities. If you can best the story and survival missions, you may be confident enough to take on the four-player raid that will arrive shortly after the launch of Ghost of Tsushima Legends, sending you and your partners to an entirely new realm to challenge a brutal, terrifying enemy. 
it's been so rewarding to see the amazing reaction yeah that's pretty much it so like i said way out of left field what was your reaction Mm -hmm. to this when you, you first read about it yeah um super out of left field this is like a game i would never ever expect to get multiplayer and so when they i woke up and got on twitter and saw this had been announced i was like ghost of tsushima multi <laughs> like it just didn't yeah. it didn't add up in my head for like a good two or three minutes and then i'm like okay i just need to like look at this and see what this is about and yeah it seems pretty cool um i haven't played a whole ton of ghost of tsushima probably like two or three hours right um, been jumping around to a lot of different games um as you'll see when we talk about that later but um have enjoyed what i've played so far and the the combat's really fun and so uh yeah any excuse to like get online with some buddies and and you know cooperate and and taking down some bad guys together mm-hmm. with uh with our blades seems, yeah. seems really cool i like that it's like a two-player deal and then eventually you get you know kind of the uh culmination of it with a big four-player mission that seems pretty cool so um yeah i i like i said totally shocking but um i don't i don't they didn't tease or talk about anything like this did they no like this was i think caught everybody by surprise because it's i th- i think I was listening, oh, I think it was probably kind of funny because they're, they're kind of what I, I exclusively listen to when it comes mm-hmm. to video game podcasts. And I remember them talking about the this being announced and how the one of the creative directors or someone, I, I can't remember who it was, was saying that there ha- was no plans for future DLC and everything like that. Mm. And, you know, this kind of goes against, against that because this is like a yeah. full you know, mode that is new content to the game and stuff. So that's right. Right. And, and like you said, multiplayer, it's, you know, I think it could fit in some games, but with this being a single player narrative, you know, open world game, it just, Mm -hmm. it seems like the one thing that you wouldn't, would be hard to translate to multiplayer, but I think it's cool that they're doing it as its own kind of separate thing. You know, Mm -hmm. um, it's not like it's just, if I'm being honest with, with Meg playing ghost, it would be cool if it was like one of those things where I, I could play as Jin, she could play as Yuna and we could go do missions together cooperatively mm-hmm. split screen or something. But, um, you know, the split screen is quite difficult for whatever reason in this generation of, uh, you know, couch co-op and, and whatnot right. doesn't really exist. But nonetheless, I think it, it is cool that an online mode is coming and, yeah, you you're, you say you're early in the game, but um, it's it, it's very obvious on who is going to be these four characters that they play because they kind of they do introduce them um, through the mythic tales, which are mm-hmm. a type of quest in the game. And so, yeah, it'll be cool that kind of going into it, we'll already have a, a little bit of knowledge of who these characters are. But what I'm really interested in, and they kind of tease that, um, is near the end there of like going to a new realm to challenge a brutal terrifying enemy Mm -hmm. it's like because yeah like the that that's what has me intrigued because there there's been some mythical type things in ghost of tsushima but it's you know trying to be realistic at the same time so right i would love to see what they do in that yeah yeah i'm down to check it out for sure i mean it's free there's no reason not to if you already have the game so um, yeah, you can you can bet bet your bottom dollar. I'll be there checking it out. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll be a little bit further in the game by that <laughs> point, and 
Uh, did they say when it's coming? I don't remember if we no, said that. No, I think they just said it was fall, and they did say... That I guess a lot of the speculation is probably sometime around PlayStation 5, maybe. Um, although it does sense. say owners on PS4 later this year. Because it, it would make sense if this game got like a... a a big patch for when the PS5 so people could play this right. game and get some new content alongside with it, right? Yeah, I you know, I did pick up on that that it said owners on PS4. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they worded that carefully for a reason or that's interesting. Yeah. I guess they do say a mode that will come as a free download. So maybe mm-hmm. if you own it on I don't know, who knows. I guess we'll just have to wait yeah. to see how I that I mean, rolls I guess out. if you owned it on if you own the PS4 version and you get a PS5 and it's backwards compatible, then you own it on yeah. PS4, right? Yeah. I mean, so that would make sense. Yeah. yeah, that it would maybe come out around the launch of the system and just be another selling point for like, hey, check this out. You know, brand new content for Ghost of Tsushima. If you haven't already played it, pick it up and, you know, tell your friends and you guys can partner up and all that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So let's move on to our next topic Nintendo Indie World showcase happened this morning uh Mm -hmm. monday morning they let us know that hey we're getting another indie focused showcase um i think this is the second or third one of 2020 if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. and a pretty good showcase uh we got 14 switch games uh garrett what did you think of it yeah i thought it was pretty good overall um with these indie ones, there's always a good mix of ones that I'm like, that seems really cool. I want to try that. And then there's always ones that I'm like, I have no idea what this is and it looks completely uninteresting. And then there's always ones that I'm like, I would give it a shot. And so, um, one of the ones today that I was like, uh, kind of on the fence about, but I was like, maybe I would give this game a shot is spirit fair. Um, and so that one is, uh, the one that was, um, I guess, it's described as a cozy management game and you're like taking care of people as they're like on their way to the afterlife or something. Um, didn't really get a whole lot of like clarity on what you're actually doing in mm. the game, but um, here's the good news. It's coming to, or it's already on game pass actually for PC and console. So um, announced here at this switch event, but uh, for those of us with game pass, we can, you know, check it out for free. And that's perfect. Cause like I said, it kind of fell in that middle category of like, I would check this out, but I don't think I would spend money on checking it out. So yeah, no, um, that I, one looked really cool. Yeah. I was in the same boat as you of it, it caught my eye whenever, because this isn't the first time I think we had seen it. I saw it somewhere else, whether it was a previous direct or wherever, mm-hmm. and it caught my eye. And then again, after this, I'm like, oh, it looks interesting, but would I spend money on it? So it's also like a good reminder because this isn't the first time that Nintendo has, you, you know, been able to show a reveal of an indie game. And then it, it you know, they kind of hide the fact that it's like, oh, it's also on PS4 and Xbox. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, the fact that this is on Game Pass is like kind of, you know, they're, they're obviously, they probably drive a lot of people to buying it on Nintendo Switch right. today, but um yeah, I was talking to Adam today and he said that he had literally purchased it on Steam today um, because, oh. yeah, we, we forgot to mention it did get a shadow drop and it was one of those available today kind of thing. And so he went and bought it because it was on his radar. And <laughs> then that's when I had later I texted him saying, hey, did you know it's on Game Pass? And he's like, of course. <laughs> so 
He's he's hoping to refund. Does it Steam have a a refund? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hopefully he can get that and just play it on Game Pass. But just a good reminder, Mm -hmm. you know, if you see these indie games announced, especially if it's one of those launching today things, you know, double check Game Pass if you have an Xbox or PC to to see if it goes on Mm -hmm. there because you you obviously want to make that subscription that you're paying for go if you know you know if you don't have to buy the game so absolutely yeah the other one that looked really cool to me was hypnospace outlaw um it's kind of the one that was a like 90s internet uh looking thing where Mm -hmm. you're kind of on like an old school computer and um i always kind of love games like that where it's kind of like an adventure to like figure out what's going on in this weird wacky like old school computer um but it had a demo that was released um, on the eShop, so I went ahead and downloaded it and checked it out, and I don't think it's going to be what I thought it was. So <laughs> basically, you're like a, um, how do I, I mean, you're like a copyright cop, essentially. <laughs> okay. You like go to people's websites and determine if they have used a piece of content illegally, and then you mark it, and then... That's your, you know, you have to find like a certain amount of infringements and then that's the mission. And then you send your report off and then I guess they keep sending you more missions. I don't know. They literally only gave you one thing to do in the demo, oh, okay, yeah. which was that one. I literally, they like sent me a picture of this cartoon character and said, go to this website, find all the infringements and report back to us. And so I just poked around this website, found three images, clicked on them and that, that was the demo. So, (laughs) I mean, if that's the gameplay loop, like I'm, you you count me out. That doesn't sound very fun. It seems like one that if it's more than that, um, I would definitely want to play it like on steam because, or on, on PC, I rather, I don't know if it's on steam or what, but, um, like trying to move like a mouse around with the analog sticks and all that stuff and clicking with right trigger. It's just, Mm -hmm. it didn't really work very well on the switch. So, um, yeah, that's one that. I can't really recommend to be honest, just based on the demo, but maybe watch a few videos, see if the game is more than what they presented in the demo, because definitely was like super confusing on what I was supposed to do. And then when I completed it, it was like, all right, cool. Well, um, hope you'll enjoy the full game sometime. Have a nice day. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, I don't think I will, but okay. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. That one, it was, it was cool. Like the, the aesthetic of it was really cool, but that was about it for me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the the style that it was going for is what caught my eye because anything that's kind of like that 90s style, I just mm-hmm. gravitate towards because it, you know, it, I, that's kind of like what we grew up with um, mm-hmm. and there's something kind of nostalgic about things stylized in, in, in that 90s aesthetic and so whenever I see something tapping into that, it, it always, you know, catches my eye but yeah even when they were showing us i was like okay what is hypnospace outlaw like they did a a, not Mm -hmm. a great job explaining it and yeah yeah i i do appreciate that they're they are trying to stand out as something different right they're not like a a clone of of you know another game which is a great segue for Mm -hmm. one of the games they showed off uh (laughs) Where are we here? What was it called again? You know the one I'm talking about. Evergate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Evergate. That's it. I already had forgotten it was that forgettable. Yeah, exactly. So Evergate is a game <laughs> that had been previous, like we knew about it, but uh, it actually got a shadow drop 
and sorry, I should say that a lot of these games are playable today. So we'll we'll make sure we mention that on on the ones mm-hmm. that are out. But it is a, out. A lot of them are on sale on the eShop also for oh, the really? for the launch. I did okay. check that out. Yeah, like awesome. up to twenty five percent off. Wow, so. that's pretty good. That's a that's yeah. great marketing behind that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Evergate is basically a Ori clone. Is the best way to to put it. It's in even in the the characters and their designs are like so similar to Ori. Now I never played any of the Ori games, uh, Blind Forest or mm-hmm. Will the Wisp. Um, I can't remember. Have you checked out Ori before? Yeah, I played uh, probably like seventy five percent of the first one, and then I didn't really get into the second one right. at all. But um, yeah, it's a cool game. But yeah. I, I, this one was just kind of baffling. Like, why are you? like copying it like so like closely, you know, sure. I, I mean, it was, it was very shocking to me to see, um, like how, like I, I put a, tw- a tweet out that was basically saying like, you know, this is a super blatant ripoff. You can't like even convince me otherwise. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I followed up with like, you know, games get ripped off all the time. Sometimes they end up being better than, than, right. uh, the original. And then that's how innovation happens. But this one just shocked me so much because it was like, I literally thought it was Ori for like the first half of the trailer. And then I was like, well, I don't think you can do that in Ori. And like, he did one thing that I had never seen before. And then I'm like, okay, this is, this is really weird. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. What it, did you think about it? I, I thought the same thing. Um, my, I, I, I was watching it on Twitch and I saw someone come up in the chat and they mentioned, uh, like they were like imagine working on this game for four years and then you're finally it's finally coming out and everyone just compares it to something and i'm like okay that that's a fair Mm -hmm. point you know if you had this vision and here you find out that this major developer and like microsoft published game is kind of doing the same thing you had planned on doing but then i looked up and from what i could tell now don't quote me on this but just looking at the research of looking through Evergate and some of the development process, I kind of pinned it at uh, 2016 is kind of where I think they started developing this. And Ori mm-hmm. came out in 2015. And mm-hmm. so like there, you know, I feel like there was some inspiration there and that's fine. But yeah, you kind of have to question. It's like, okay, do we continue down this road and and constantly be compared to this and whatever, but we, we get our kind of, you know, original vision out or do we kind of change mm-hmm. things? And like, that's always a question that you have to, to, to go with. And I'm sure lots of indie developers come yeah. across that very same problem, but you know, mm-hmm. it, I, and, and I can't even argue. It's like, Oh, well it's Ori for switch owners, but I mean, Ori in the blind forest and maybe even the will of the wisps. I know the first one for sure are mm-hmm. it's on switch. So it's like, again, don't mean to like undersell this game, but it's just like, it's so hard not right. to when, it, when you put them side by side. Yeah. I'm sure it's difficult. Like as the developer to be like, you know, on the one side, like you want to stay true to your vision of your art. And on the other side, it's like, you're, you're cutting yourself off at the leg mm-hmm. by doing something that's a, you know, so similar to something else that people are either going to get confused and say, uh, what is this? Why have I not heard of this game before? Or they're yeah. going to be like, Oh, that's just a rip off. I'm not even going to touch it. And yeah. so it's like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't at least tweak it a little bit. Like, why does he have to be 
uh, the same colored character. Like, why can't he be purple? Right. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I understand. Like I said, it's that balance between business and art, and that's that's difficult. But like, mm-hmm. I just think that if you're in in it to make a living at it, you got to at least make some sacrifices on the art side to <laughs> to make business sense. And I don't know if they've done anything like that here because it just seems like a a strange thing for me to put out a game that would be so easily compared to another game like that. No, absolutely. Yeah. It actually kind of reminded me of last week's episode when we were giving our state of play impressions and there Mm -hmm. was a game I can't even recall. And it had been announced a couple times and been shown off a couple times before the state of play, but it is very similar to breath of the wild. Um, but more, Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It's more, looks more JRPG ish. Um, and I think Mm -hmm. it might even be an MMO if I'm not mistaken, but there was like one specific scene that they showed off of this character going across a a camp and shooting barrels and the barrels setting things on. Like that's literally Mm -hmm. breath of the wild right there. Like uh, it almost looks identical to that. And so it, yeah, it must be tricky. And to like i'm just repeating what i said but yeah to Mm -hmm. to go from taking what you're inspired by and trying to create your own thing and then falling into that trap of being too similar to to something Mm -hmm. that you were originally inspired by but you know that comes with with everything i mean even podcasting there's so many times where i catch myself talking about something it's like oh i'm just repeating something that i heard on another Mm -hmm. podcast right so Absolutely. Yeah. And I like, I play guitar and it's like, I've been, I've been playing guitar for like half my life now right. and I don't have very many songs to my name cause they all just end up sounding like the people that I <laughs> listen to. And I'm like, yeah. this is not original. I need to scrap this and yeah. do something else. So yeah, it's, it's, it's totally understandable. Um, it's just, it just seems like there was probably a few people along the way that might've been able to speak up and be like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but um, Hey, I wish them the best of luck. I got no, no ill will towards them at all. I hope they do well. And I hope that it, it's uh, fulfilling for them and they can go on to make something else. So for sure. A game that caught my eye was one called Raji, an ancient epic. And Hmm. this was from a studio that's actually in India called nodding head games um we had a, a brief interview with one of the I, I i can't remember her position probably creative director or whatever this game and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's kind of this um i uh, i don't know what how you kind of like top down not top down it kind of has some different perspectives that it's going for mm-hmm. um you're basically fighting uh so sorry, let me let me pull this because they sum it up better. Uh, it's set in ancient India, features Raji, a girl chosen by the gods to fight against a demonic invasion. Um, mm-hmm. This is one that I think you should just go and check out for yourself because I think what they show is better than what the the synopsis of what this game is. Um, yeah. And what I what I found cool, and I, I'll make this point now. I like that this it's called Indie World, right? And one of the things that Nintendo does with these presentations is they highlight and show all these indie games that are coming from studios all over the world, right? Like this is from a, a studio mm-hmm. in India. Uh, there was one, I think, in Spain, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember which game it was. But yeah, they, they, they showcase 
studios from all around the globe. And that that's really awesome, especially being from North America. All we see is that we see Japanese developed games and then probably some scattered European countries, but there's mm-hmm. the world's huge and there's so many great games I'm sure being developed all around the world. And so I like that Nintendo's kind of taking this initiative to, to showcase these games because yeah, they, they look great. Um, and I don't think it's hard. I'm sure it's much difficult for them to stand up as an indie, um, being from, you know, not, not one of those three, three countries mm-hmm. or continents that I had mentioned. Right. So, Right, right. But this one, I, I, it caught my eye. I actually am going to look up, um, some, watch some gameplay on it, see if that gameplay speaks to me, and then I actually might pick that one mm-hmm. up because it, it looks really cool. And it, um, I know it's uh, set in ancient India, but it, it kind of gave me the vibes of Prince of Persia. I know a totally different part of the world, but it just, in its mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic that it was going for. So, yeah. It kind of gave me like Zelda crossed with Prince of Persia vibes a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, yeah, let let me know if you pick it up. It was one that was kind of in that middle bubble for me where I was like, looks cool, but it could could go either way right, for me. Yeah. So yeah, I want to want to hear hear what you think of it if you decide to try it out because it it is available now and it's timed yes. exclusive on yeah. Switch. So yeah. All right. Um, did you have an air game you wanted to mention? Um, I got a couple here that I'll just talk about real sure. quick. Um, Hades, we've seen a bunch of times before, but it was one that was on Epic Game Store as like an early access kind of thing. Um, always looked cool to me, but I don't play a ton of games on the PC, so I figured I would just kind of wait till it came to console. So that that's one that I might check out at some point on Switch. Um, Takeshi and Hiroshi. So this one was kind of cool looking. It was like a claymation kind of deal. Um, these two brothers uh, the older brothers making a video game on his computer and uh trying to entertain his little brother and so uh just seemed kind of cool and i've got two boys a little brother a big brother now so just kind of like oh this is cute and kind of relates to my life so i might check that out at some point as well um these are all kind of games for the most part this whole presentation was all stuff that i went hmm i might check that out sometime but nothing really that i was like i'm buying this today you know so Mm. um and I feel that way about a lot of the, the indie directs and just kind of indie games in general. It takes a lot for me to, unfortunately, to give my money to a game like that because there's so much crap out there. Um, and it's it's tough to kind of find the diamonds in the rough. But, but I appreciate companies like Nintendo and, and a lot of the others that have done stuff this summer to show off indie games, mm-hmm. uh, kind of trying to pull some of the good ones out and, and make them known. So um, I've got a list here of... A, Two more, I think. Um, Card Shark, which was one that's from Devolver, I believe. Yeah. And it's kind of a um, almost seems like it's a, almost like a puzzle game because you have to essentially cheat at, at cards, and you're playing. <laughs> it's like 18th century, and you're like playing cards with other you know big wigs and high rollers and. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why you have to cheat to win, but apparently that's what the game's about. And it just kind of looked interesting. It's very like, looks very hand drawn and like animated, um, cartoon style and, uh, very stylistic. So it's just another one that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's one that I would check out if there was a demo or maybe a game pass or something like that. So, um, and then the last one was manifold garden, which is kind of like the MC Escher painting looking thing. Right. Um, and I believe that one's also available now and it's on, I know it's on Switch and I believe it's on PC as well, but I don't know if it's on anything else. But um, yeah, that's that's one of those ones that's definitely a Game Pass game that I would 
only check out if that if that came to Game Pass just because I know myself and I will play that for like an hour and then be right. like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But it seems really cool and really trippy looking. So Yeah, I I love those types of puzzle games that are kind of playing with uh, perspective and everything like that but I'm the, I'm the same way of like mm-hmm. I'll be totally like on board with the, a puzzle game and then I'll play and then realize like unless it has some sort of narrative going on there if it's just straight puzzles mm-hmm. I kind of get bored fairly fairly quick and not because I the puzzles are right not interesting or anything it's just my attention span you know so uh but yeah that mm-hmm. one is definitely one that caught my eye as well and uh um, with it being out today, you know, there's that, I, I, I would love to, I'll, I'll see how much it is and on the switch and see if it's, if it's worth spending, spending money on. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, really cool for sure. Um, a couple games that I wanted to mention were a short hike, which is, uh, it's, it's kind of had plays with this like pixel, it's it's kind of has a pixelated art style and i i believe this was on a previous stream if i'm not mistaken i'm trying to remember where it's Mm. from because i saw this game earlier and i I was like hey that game looks cool i would like to make a mental note of that and then i yeah when when i saw Mm. it today and then it was late that was getting released i was like and and the reason why it caught caught my eye the first time is there's this bird in it that's kind of like the character that you're playing and it i can't remember the game that it reminds me of there's some sort of ana animal a humanoid type game where you play as or there's a bird and i'm trying to remember was but the design of the bird is identical and i wanted to compare Mm. them to see if you know we're talking about (laughs) ripping things off or whatever but um yeah, it's uh, for whatever reason spoke to me in that moment. It's basically, uh, well, let me read the synopsis here. So the goal of the game is to reach the summit of a mountain known as Hawk Peak to get cell phone reception. Um, basically, that's that's all you need to know. It, it's playing. Uh, <laughs> you play as Claire and that's that bird that I was talking about. Anthro. Anthro. I can never say that word, but you know what I mean. It's a, an animal that act, is <laughs> yeah. acting like a human. Um, she travels to Hawk Peak Provincial Park where her Aunt May works as a ranger to spend days off. However, Claire cannot get cell phone reception unless she reaches the top of the peak and is expecting an important call. For this reason, she decides to reach the highest point in the park. And so, yeah, you have the ability to jog, fish, climb, and fly through the park. And... Yeah, it just looks like a really cool game that's like I'd love to put on when I'm not looking for anything too stressful or something I need to like, Mm -hmm. you know, sit down and really think about what's going on in the game. Just a relaxing experience. Um, Yeah, so I'm totally down. And it is developed and published by um, a Canadian designer, Adam uh, Gairu, I believe. Um, is his handle and so yeah shout out to fellow canadian but that is one that caught my eye and then another one that i wanted to mention was bear and breakfast where basically you're a bear who (laughs) runs a bed and breakfast (laughs) um and really if that doesn't sell you on the game i don't know what to tell you because that to me sounds like uh, a fun time Uh, again another 
kind of sim simulation type of game that's laid back relaxing um i love kind of management sim games um there's a genre that i gravitate towards but if it if it isn't executed well i'll find myself you know totally stepping away and and not playing mm-hmm. it anymore so it has to, has to be seen with this one, but I, I do want to check it out. Um, but that, that one's unfortunately not coming until 2021, so I'll have to wait a little bit on that one. And then I don't know if there was anything else that I wanted to mention. Uh, they did end the show off with Untitled Goose Game two-player mode, which <laughs> I, I don't, did you ever play Untitled Goose Game? I played a little bit of it. Me and my son messed around with it. He right. it was more honestly me just messing to see how much sure, I can make yeah. him laugh with it. But yeah, yeah, I like I played it, and again, I just couldn't really like I I, I liked the the style it was going for, um, the humor in the game was really funny, but I just didn't really find mm-hmm. the drive to keep going with it. Now with a multiplayer no. mode. You know, maybe with if Meg wanted to, we wanted to play something silly one night. I could kind of see that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a cool one last thing that they ended the show off with. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much it for the indie world. I would say, you know, overall as a presentation, I thought it did a really good job in terms of the the games that they announced. I felt like there was lots of games in there that, you know, there was at least one that would speak to to you know anyone and i think that the amount of shadow drops and out later today's that they you know paired with Mm -hmm. some of these announcements was really incredible i'm glad that they were able to work with these publishers and developers to you know make it so that they had all you know not just one or two but a whole bunch of games it just made the presentation feel like it had a lot more weight and um, you know, I applaud Nintendo for, for doing that. So yeah, that's Nintendo Indie World. And hopefully we have some impressions on some games, uh, you know, in the next couple episodes. So moving on to what we have been playing. So Garrett, where I wanted to start this off before we kind of share what each of us have been playing I wanted to just give some quick impressions mm-hmm. on Hyperscape, which is Ubisoft's free-to-play Battle Royale game. The reason why I want to start it mm-hmm. with, with this is because uh, we both checked out and we actually got to play a couple matches together. So I wanted to just share some opinions on that. So uh, I'll, I, I've been talking enough. Let's turn it over to you. What did you think of it? Yeah, so Hyperscape is a game that I actually was in the beta test for on PC. Uh, unfortunately it didn't run too great for me um and it was seemed like i was just like way slower than everybody so i kind of just uh chalked that up to wasn't running great on the pc i'll wait for it to come to console uh but no i just this game's just really fast Uh, (laughs) so that was that's like my main takeaway is like i think it's too fast for me man Mm -hmm. um like we're we got together luke and i played a few rounds uh i think we honestly played for like 20 minutes and we went through three matches. Nobody got a kill on any of our teams. Um, it was, it's, it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a very high learning curve. Um, it's a game where you have to like, so you, you know, a game like apex, each character kind of has their own abilities or a game like 
Fortnite, there's not even any really abilities. You pick up everything you get off the ground. But this game gives you these mods, essentially, that uh, give you an ability. But then you also have to have the ability to like combine mods and power up mods. And uh, the same goes for the guns. Whenever you find a gun, you can pick up the same gun. And that will uh, power up your gun in some way. And so it's... Um, it's just a kind of a different setup than other battle royales mm-hmm. as far as how like your gear goes. And so I think there's just kind of a little bit of a learning curve there. And maybe once I understand that a little bit better, it would, would be a little more fun for me. But uh, as of right now, not something I'm going to probably be playing too much of unless, um, you know, I got some other friends that get really into it and kind of can, um, you know, guide me along and set me on the right path of figuring out how the heck to, to actually like get a kill. Cause yeah, like I said, I don't, I think I've played like 10 matches total now and no kills, no kills yeah. yet. So. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of felt the same way, Luke, but yeah, totally. I mean, it's, you're not wrong by anything you've said. That's exactly pretty much summed up how I felt about the game too. I felt that it was way too, too fast for, for me and my reflexes and the, the sensitivity on the controllers, the default was like way mm. too high. I would like turn my, my thumbsticks mm-hmm. and my character would look like way, way too quick. And it which was really disorienting. And I uh, turned those down, found it a little bit easier to manage. But yeah, when you drop in and get on the ground, I found that finding weapons in my first couple matches were a bit tricky that also you know has to do with the fact that i'm not familiar with the map i don't know where to to drop i uh, if i was comparing it to warzone or apex it'd probably be the me the equivalent of me of just dropping in a field where i shouldn't have been dropping but mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know once i kind of figured out where weapons were it was just trying to understand on how how the mod system works it's pretty straightforward but yeah, like the reaction time, like you got to be quick because I barely got any shots on. By the time I reacted to somebody coming towards me, I was I was already dead by the time I pulled the trigger, right? So, yeah, I think I think if I gave it some more time, it's it, I could get better at it, but yeah, it's it's tricky and that being said, I I do think it is doing some things that are original in the battle royale genre that are are kind of interesting. Sure. You know, its respawn system is kind of cool because, you know, in Apex you got to get your friend's banner and take it to a recovery station. With this, you can kind of go and do that yourself, basically. So as long as your team mm-hmm. is still standing, um, you can kind of go to one of these respawn points and respawn yourself and so i think i was able to successfully do that once maybe so i like any any chance to respawn is is nice that's why i think warzone and apex did really good um because Mm -hmm. fortnite and PUBG, when you're dead you're dead and that kind of sucks right so i i did like that i did like the kind of individual pods that you kind of use to drop in um Mm. it's a little bit more unique and i feel like you kind of have some more control of kind of directing where you want to drop but you do have to make sure you're communicating with your team because if like apex you know everyone's dropping at once um you know you just got to make sure that you're communicating when and then the way the map closes in they have these kind of like districts 
and every Mm -hmm. however long i'm not sure how it is those districts fall and so when you're in a district that's about to collapse it will give you a warning saying hey you need to get out of here and actually a little icon will come up on your screen and it will direct you towards a district that is uh, safe and stuff so i did like I, I I thought that was kind of cool because the closing in circle mm-hmm. is a staple in the battle royale genre. But I, when you think of every game, they're pretty much Fortnite, PUBG. Everything's just a closing circle. And so I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of a, an original take on that same concept to kind of make it a little bit more unique than some of the other battle royales on there. So all in all, I think it, mm-hmm. it is doing some original things. And But I, I, I feel like this game as maybe season two season three comes around for it we'll have more features and be a little more flushed out and you know maybe we'll be a easier game for people to jump into but right off the bat i I, yeah it's hard i i'm in the same boat unless i have some other friends that want to check it out i don't necessarily see myself going back unless they they announce something that catches my eye so Mm -hmm. so that's hyperscape I uh, I guess I'll turn it over to you, Garrett, on what games you have been playing. Okay, so like I said at the top of the show, I've got a new baby, so gaming time <laughs> is a little bit few and far between right now. But uh, so what I'm going to do here is I've got well, let's take Hyperscape out because we just talked about that. I've got five games. I'm just going to kind of go bullet points real quick sure. and just kind of explain what I've been doing in each game. So. Ghost of Tsushima, like I mentioned earlier, I've only played a couple hours. I'm still super early. I think I honestly did like the first story mission and then I've just been running around doing whatever comes to me since then. So um, I kind of need to get on that story path to kind of pull me back into that one. Um, Fall Guys, been playing Fall Guys finally. Um, Got on with um, Adam the other night. I was right as Luke was getting off, so unfortunately we missed each other, but... um, Adam stole a win from me. I just want that on the record here. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. We we both made it to the final round, and it was the uh, the hexagon one, and I dropped out like 30 seconds before he did. Oh, so, yeah. um, but I got to witness an Adam win live and in person, so that was fun. Um, still no wins for me, so I'll keep trying on that. Uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Destiny 2. So um, as everyone I'm sure saw that Destiny 2 is coming to Game Pass, all expansions from this point forward are on Game Pass free for all subscribers. That's pretty awesome because I'm like um, an expansion behind right now. So Mm. I've been kind of just catching my character up, leveling him up, going for, you know, grinding for some gear, kind of getting ready to run through that um, expansion as soon as it available for game pass and then there's the new expansion coming out in november so really between september and november i'll probably be doing some some good grinding to try to get probably all three characters of mine up to uh you know the max level and everything and be ready for that new expansion so um that's been fun destiny um if you guys have been listening you guys know i pop into destiny every now and again that was the first destiny is a game that i put thousands of hours into so um, Destiny 2 hasn't grabbed me quite as much, but I do go back to it pretty often. Um, what else here? Uh, Persona 5 Royal. So I started this during my little hiatus from the podcast. Uh, I put probably about 20 hours into it and was only on the second like dungeon, which <laughs> okay. is crazy. But um, yeah, so I picked that back up this week, played for a little while, 
and I've kind of forgotten a little bit of the battle mechanics, so I kind of need to refresh myself mm. again before I jump back in because I lost a fight that I should not have lost. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I've lost a single fight the entire game up until this point. So yeah. um, I just like didn't save, and I'm like, I'm going to turn the PlayStation off, and I will try again another time. <laughs> so, um, and then the last thing was last night I started Final Fantasy 14. So sure everybody also saw that Final Fantasy 14 is now free for everybody up to level 60 for all characters. So um, according to a friend of the show, Lordly Kings Dot, I mean King S Dot, um, <laughs> that is uh, quite a bit of content. He estimates oh, at least over 100 hours of content for free right there. So I was like, well, it's free. Let me jump in. So I made a character yesterday afternoon and then was able to get in and do a few quests uh, last yesterday evening. And uh, it was pretty fun. I, I kind of got addicted to Neverwinter, the free-to-play MMO yeah. on um, Xbox several years ago. And it kind of gave me some of the same vibes. Um, so that might be something that I get into a little bit more. But um, as you can see, I'm literally playing a different game every day. And I have no consistency in my life right now. <laughs> so who knows where we'll be by the next episode. So... Um, that's really all I had, but I know that Luke has played something very, very interesting that I want to hear about, so I'm going to turn it over to him. Yeah, so I have been playing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 Warehouse demo. That's a mouthful. <laughs> mm. So this <laughs> was the demo that came as a bonus if you pre-ordered the game digitally, which I do want to point out that people who pre-ordered this game physically or I know there were some people that got the special or collector's edition because it came with a Tony Hawk birdhouse skateboard. They mm -hmm. didn't get access to this demo, which is kind of crazy to me because it's like, Hey, that's something that yeah. I don't, I, you know, it's, I don't know how you would go about that when you like, it, it does get tricky in terms of getting the codes to people, mm -hmm. but Regardless, you know, I, I pre-ordered the game digitally so I could get into this demo because I wanted to play Tony Hawk as soon as I could. <laughs> and I have to say that I am very impressed with how it feels and how it plays. The mechanics and the physics of everything feel, you know, right at home with how the previous games had felt back in the day. And it's a good combination of the, the newer games like Thug, Thug 2, American Wasteland, as well as, you know, mm. the the Pro Skater series. I mean, it's taking Pro Skater, right, um, the same kind of game modes and everything and gameplay style from those games, but also adding, you know, a couple new features or new tricks that weren't introduced until later in the franchise. So I do appreciate mm -hmm. the blend of that. The demo itself is a little you know, on the, the lighter side of content, which is probably a good thing for my sake, because <laughs> yeah, like it's only, you you can only basically do a two minute run of warehouse. This there's no objectives or mm -hmm. anything like you would in a typical, uh, you know, campaign of pro skater going mm -hmm. through each level, you know, catching skate, finding the secret tape, uh, getting high scores, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just a two-minute session of free skate. You can basically your whole objective, I guess, in the demo is to just try and rack up as high of a score as you can. 
and uh, it does mm. give you some kind of cheat functions of you know perfect grind perfect manual that you can put on there if you want so that's kind of cool that they added that in the demo nice and yeah you can only play as tony hawk um you can't play with the stats of your character of tony hawk um so it's pretty pretty bare bones but like i said <laughs> it's to my benefit because if it had more content i'd probably be spending more time playing it and i could see myself getting really burned out <laughs> and then the game comes out and i'm like not as high on on it as as much yeah. so yeah i've kind of limited myself to to just playing it i i streamed it uh for i don't know an hour and a bit it was more of just a casual stream mm-hmm. and it was yeah it was fun i i liked it i'm gonna probably leave it at that i might jump in it every now and then for the next couple weeks but yeah i'm just ready for the full release because the the big thing was how does this game feel how does it perform and i can check off those boxes as being great and yeah you know when you look at the actual full release game the fact that we're going to have levels from one and two we're going to have all the original rosters as well as new professional skateboarders making their way into the game you know you got online functionality of being able to download people's creative parks um being able to play online Mm. with people having that split screen multiplayer i mean the game is going to have a lot to offer when it does come out for for a remake i i think that's pretty impressive so yeah i'm just really excited to finally you know play the game and be able to play a um you know the level school or hangar or some of those levels that uh i remember as a kid so i'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to it but if you're curious on to how it it compares to previous games like it's doing it's doing good things and it is not making the mistakes that uh tony hawk pro scare 5 was making so i think they learned their lessons that's good from to hear. That. yeah so other than that i mean you know fall guys for sure i think i'm at three or four wins um haven't played in a little bit now uh because i've been still <laughs> working my way through ghost of tsushima and I just started Act 3 last night. And so I've mm. kind of shifted how I'm playing the game. I was trying to do as much as I could. And I just, that's not manageable. So I've been basically prioritizing <laughs> character quests as well as like the main missions. And I think I should have that game finished up here pretty soon. But it's nice. taken me way longer than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those open world games always seem to like, it looks so manageable when you look at it on the map. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I'll just go there and I'll just do it. And right. then when you actually take the time to do it, it takes so long. But yeah, exactly. That's good. I'm, I'm excited to get a little bit more into that one. Yeah, I, I hope to have it beat before Tony Hawk comes out so then I can just not have to worry about that kind of creeping into my backlog or anything right. like that. Right. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really, really solid game. Uh, I obviously have to see how it concludes in, in its narrative, but I for sure I would put it up there as uh one of one of my favorite games of the year. I don't think it would be game of the year based on uh where I'm kind of sitting out with some other games, but it's it's up there mm-hmm. as as one as a contender for sure. I think it's it has a lot of I mean I mean I don't need to go on about it because I've talked about it every episode I think for the last like four <laughs> weeks, but 
yeah, like if you're still on the fence at this point, like I really think you should pull the trigger on this one. It's a from a studio that knows what they're doing. They're taking that. There's a lot of DNA from other open world games like Breath of the Wild or Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and uh, they just take those you know that dna from those other games and put it into their own original world with original characters and the game just continues to blow my mind on how diverse the environments are because the yeah you i'm going now i'm now into the third area and i've already seen like how much different this environment is compares to the second one in the third area so i i think that is you know the game's artistic design and their environment building is just really impressive to me. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, really, really hope to finish that one up, but that's about it. I, I haven't been taking on any new games, big or small, because I just want to get that concluded. Um, Cause like I said, when I start a new game and haven't beat one, like it, it just gets deeper and deeper yep. in my backlog. And, I, yeah, the chances of me going back to it, uh, if I'm really <laughs> far removed from it, you know, because you don't want to, like you were saying with Persona, you know, you forget how combat system works mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's just like, well, I don't want to have to relearn this because right. I remember what happened in the game. But yeah. 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 All right. So let's move into question of the week. This is where we ask you guys a new question every single week. You answer it and we read your responses on the following week's episode so last week we asked you guys what do you think of the next gen controllers and i should have kind of put a little more detail into the question i but i i I try not to make them too you know too heavy in 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 the wording but i was more looking Mm -hmm. for of like what do we think of these next gen controllers we got xbox one or sorry the xbox series x controller very similar in design and shape, not doing too much different where the dual sense is kind of taking a step in a different direction while still remaining some of those things that were part of the foundation of the DualShock 4. So mm-hmm. we got a couple responses here. Uh, Plastic Hearts Podcast says, I find myself wishing Microsoft did something a bit more different this go around with the Xbox Series X controller as far as features within the controller. I get not changing design as it's a dope controller, but I look at the DualSense and love how advanced it is both inside and out. And then Will Nelson says, I'm incredibly excited to just, or sorry, to see just how the DualSense can be used on PS5 games. Hopefully Astro's Playroom is more than just an, uh, sorry, my picture, <laughs> the text is too small. OT, is that OTT? Yeah, I don't know what he means by that. No, Maybe I don't over know. Over the top? Either. Over the top. That makes more sense. Yeah. It's more than an over top tech over the top tech demo and actually in, uh, indicative of what developers are doing. So, Will, Plastic Hearts Podcast, really appreciate the responses on that. Both great takes. I'll turn it over to you now, Garrett. What do you think of the next gen controllers, the dual sense, as well as the Xbox Series X controller? Well, the Series X, um, I think, will probably just be my new favorite controller because that's kind of how it's been with Xbox controllers since the beginning. Um, really, well, minus the Duke, I guess. <laughs> uh, that thing was unwieldy. It's too big. But uh, the controller S, uh, you know, was really, really cool. I liked the offset sticks on it. I think that was the first console 
controller to really use that. I mean, the GameCube kind of, but, but they didn't really use the C stick too much on the GameCube. Um, but then, you know, it just has evolved ever since that first controller. So uh, doesn't surprise me too much that they didn't change things up that much because I feel like they're in a really, really good spot with the controller um, where it's at. The share button is super helpful, though. I hate having to pause the game or open the Xbox menu to take a screenshot and all that. That's, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you, you used to be able to use your connect. That was, that yeah. was where they were, had the workaround, but then, you know, nobody has one of those anymore. So, uh, but then the dual sense, you know, it looks super cool. Uh, I like the, I like the design of it. Um, the tech inside seems really cool. Like the haptic feedback and all that. Um, I just kind of like Will says here, I hope that, this isn't a bunch of stuff that we're going to just see in a few games at launch and then nobody's going to really use it anymore. Like kind of like the touchpad in PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, people still use it, but it's usually typically just the, a big button. Um, I liked that ghost of Tsushima actually used it for something. I liked mm-hmm. that last of us actually used it for something. So when developers actually take the time to think of something useful for it, they usually can find something for these little, uh, one off inclusions, um, like the, like the, haptic feedback and the and all that kind of stuff so um yeah i just hope that it's just not a gimmick and it doesn't just get left behind and it just ends up being another controller so we'll see i think they both are going to be solid but what did you think about them yeah i i the dual sense definitely sticks out to me because of like you said the tech that they're trying to go with it obviously the white and black two-tone design also is kind of a uh you know being making a statement in itself and i like that um but you know what what i'm more interested in the dual sense is is getting my hands on with it right the biggest thing with mm-hmm. the dual shock 4 is that controller for longer play sessions is just terrible in my opinion like my hands can cramp mm-hmm. up way easier and you know part part to do with the the thumbsticks being aligned I definitely prefer the offset thumbsticks like what Xbox is doing with their controller, but it just looks a little more ergonomic and it looks Mm -hmm. more comfortable to hold. So that's going to be kind of my deciding factor on it. And over on the Xbox side, I will say that, you know, I really don't fault them for not trying to do something crazy, innovative. They're sticking to what they know because it works right. It, the 360 was a fantastic controller. I, I would put the Xbox One controller personally above that because I, I just find it so comfortable. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, why must mess with that, right? I, I, I will say that it would be nice to see the Xbox Series X controller with a little bit more of tech behind it, a little more features. We have some share button, but I mean, we got a share button on the, play, the DualShock 4. So it's like okay, there's not really that much going for that. I mean, the D-pad is a little mm-hmm. different. and But I would love for them to introduce uh, paddles on the back as an option for the base controller because the fact that that's locked behind the Elite controller is a, a bit of a bummer to me because I want the Elite controller because I've heard such good things about it. But I just can't justify dishing that much money out for a controller. Mm-hmm. And... I would I would love to be able to experience those those pedals um, and pads. Sorry for you know mapping them out to if I'm playing a Forza game or a, a shooter or whatever because um, mm-hmm. I think that could really 
really change change up your your gameplay for depending on the game so yeah i mean again don't fault them for those things but if uh, if if i was getting nitpicky i would like to see a little bit more from them but you know i and i also will say that i do like the fact that they are kind of making it so hey you can use your xbox one controller on the series x um and it sounds like Mm -hmm. they're also vice versa you can use your series x on your xbox one from my understanding i think so so that's really cool um because over on sony's side you know the dual shock 4 is compatible with you know certain playstation 4 games so it will function on the ps5 but there's kind of a a little you know asterisk beside that so yeah um now we got to issue you guys a new question so still on that next gen conversation because you know with each week passing we're getting closer and closer to those those launches of those new consoles so what i wanted to ask this week is when do you think sony and microsoft will give release dates for their next gen consoles so i i guess i could play with the wording with this one a little bit because this could be interpreted a couple different ways uh you know whether you answer this as in when do because you i could be asking you like when do we think sony and microsoft are going to announce the release date right Mm -hmm. versus when is the release date so what i'm more interested in knowing is because we all kind of have an idea of it's going to be in november probably and we can pick a week or day but what i want to know which is what everyone's waiting for is when are they going to announce the release date are we going to get it sometime in august here are we going to get in september i mean we're only a couple months away so it's got to be soon so Mm -hmm. knowing my luck i'm sure (laughs) right after this episode goes live they'll announce it or something but yeah but yeah that's the question for this week you can answer over on twitter at games are fun pod we post the question in a tweet every single week there you can also head over to our discord server uh invitation link is in the episode description if you want to join over there and you can answer on Discord or you can email us at contact at gamesarefunpodcast.com. All the responses you guys give us will be read out on next week's episode. Probably won't be the episode 100 because that's our live stream. And so we'll probably save it for the episode after that. So, mm-hmm. so that's it. That's going to wrap on the episode. So Garrett, thank you so much for, for joining me on this episode. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at LP Panther. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm. Also follow me on twitch.tv slash Luke the Llama. Reminder, I'm streaming tonight, Mana Medan, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Tune in for that. And then a reminder, I forgot to plug this at the show. I should probably edit edit something and, and put this in at the top. But <laughs> episode 100 of Games Are Fun is happening live over on twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast we're going to start off the stream with live reactions well i guess they're not live we're we we're, we're starting our show after the reveal of suicide squad but we're we're going to stay off the internet and we're going to do a live reaction to that suicide squad reveal give some impressions of what we saw and then we're going to jump into our episode 100 which is coming up with the top 15 games of the generation so this is going to be a collective list it's not going to be my list garrett's list and then adam's list we're going to come up 
and decide on the top 15 games. And so that's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to see how that unfolds because especially when it comes down to the, the, the number one spot, it'll be, I'm sure we'll argue, we'll mm-hmm. have some arguments on which one we think it is. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think we've already all kind of hinted that we have a separate, different uh, number one yeah. without actually saying anything, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be good. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's a new experience for us live streaming the, the podcast. So uh, Garrett's been really hard at work at making sure the tech side of things are, are going to run smoothly and but you know bear with us if if we encounter errors here and there you know it is our first time streaming the podcast over on twitch that is something that we do hope to do in the future i don't think that's something that we'll do every single episode but maybe for special episodes we will uh stream it over on twitch but if you can't catch live you know episode 100 will be available on podcast services and we're also going to throw up the the youtube video of it on or sorry the the vod on youtube uh so when that goes live we'll make sure that's posted on our twitter so you can uh get linked to that so that's it that's this episode of games are fun follow us on twitter at games are fun pod facebook.com slash games are fun podcast instagram at games are fun pod as well and then don't forget twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast. Subscribe, set that alert for when we go live so you won't miss that live stream this Saturday. That's August 22nd at 6 p.m. Pacific time. All right. Thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you all on Saturday. <laughs>